Good evening, planet Earth. It's me again, that voice in your ear, Hacker Mike. Today, coming to you from the car. Yes, the car. I hope the audio quality is good enough. I hope you're not too disturbed by the sounds of the car. But just imagine that you're sitting with me on a drive. Where are we going? I'm going upstate, to the north, almost up to Canada, up to where there are 20-foot Trump signs and people drive pick-em-up trucks. That's right, upstate Pennsylvania, where it's very, very beautiful. And we are going to attempt to work on the bunker to get ready for the next zombie apocalypse. Yep. So, <clears throat> today, I'm actually going to pick a topic. And anyway, we talked about Epic. And I had a little chat with my son, who is um, studying fairy tales right now. And um, I had an idea, so I wanted to share that with you. So the basic idea, and I'll just give you the summary real quick. Let me see if I can put it into words. I haven't been able to actually articulate it, but I have an idea in my head. So the actual idea is that we have a chain of language, an epic, an epic saga that's passed down from generation to generation. I mean, we have the story of Thor, right? And now he's popping up in He's popping up in uh, storybooks. So let's break this down. Thor is a meme, and the Thor in the um, comic books is a mutation on that meme, an adaptation of that meme. And Thor in the the game Fortnite is an adaptation of that. So the character. The meme is mutating through the system, but it's really um, reoccurring. Okay, so Thor lives on. Now, not all the gods lived on. Some of them are forgotten, the lesser known ones. And the ones that got remembered are obviously something that are significant and are um, of relevance to society. So, they tapped into something, they somehow, they somehow um, found the fuel, the rocket fuel, to propel them forward, and I think it's also the superpowers and the manliness and all that stuff. Okay. Now, if we think about this meme appearing in texts, appearing in stories and sagas, 
And first, it would copy itself from generation to generation. So that is the first idea, is that the meme can copy itself over time. And then eventually it got itself written down and encoded. And then it got itself made into movies and pictures. And finally, I don't know if it got pictures first or not, but finally it was uh, made into computer games. And little kids can pretend to be Thor and can throw Thor's hammer and all that and fly around. So that the experience of being Thor has gotten more and more realistic. I'm just picking out Thor, for example. But, um, oh. Let's see who's calling me. All right. So, so we don't want to pick on Thor. You know, I'm just picking him as an example. Um, it doesn't matter, but the idea is, um, the idea that I'm trying to bring up here is that, you know, these sagas are memes. And you know how we talked about, in previous episodes, we talked about genetic information as being an indicator or a transfer of information. You know, that's, uh, what we're getting at here as well, that these, this written information or the stories being transferred between generation or even information in general uh, um, can be, I guess, considered information about the environment, information about the psyche, information about the person or groups. It could be clear or coded, but um, the idea of you know, the meme as a competing self-replicating system, I think, is definitely in there. And I really had a clear vision that our entire society really is kind of like a meme um, because it really just contains a... Um, it really contains uh, some kind of self-replicating system over time, right? So it's transferring itself over time. It's got these schools for uh, teaching kids things. You know, they're learning fairy tales as well. We have books and all that. But we have society in general as like a meta operating system um, that ushers along. It's like the art system, right? The candidates for art. So society has candidates for memes, I guess, that are also kind of like part of it. And the whole thing is moving forward and, and copying itself and transferring itself along. Um, and that's basically the idea. I mean, it's a pretty simple idea. It's not really saying too much to say that society is a meme. It's a self-replicating idea. But I really had the idea of one meme or one system that would carry another. So it's not just one idea that's being carried, it's many ideas that are being carried along. And I guess these ideas serve different purposes. 
and you've got different forms of societies based on religions or other attributes competing for bodies or people. Hmm, good coffee. Oh, I forgot to give you the time. It's 5.49 p.m. And uh, today, I went for a walk with my wife, and we had a good talk. And we didn't record it. But we had, we got some uh, important things to discuss, so... And she said, don't always hammer down the points. You can also leave things uh, open. So I'm not going to just keep on hammering the same idea over and over and over and over again. I know I was happy that a friend of mine said that he subscribed to our po- my podcast on Spotify. So welcome. And uh, I won't give any names unless they want me to. Lots of stuff's happening in the world, and I hope that I can be a constant in this world, and uh, kind of give some idea of uh, context in this craziness we call life, being almost a daily podcast, we keep up some kind of uh, consistency, and um, I'm listening to the Liam, I think it's Liam Neeson, Nielsen podcast, he talks about creating a journal. He was on Joe Rogan. He talks about creating a journal. Uh, and uh, journaling, like how he feels and be able to look back on it. And that's cool. Uh, and this is also kind of like a journal. Except it's in a digital form that maybe someday could be used for other things. You know, maybe we could create a digital copy of me just based upon this enormous amount of voice that I'm recording, and then they could create an AI bot that would read through all of my text and be able to just sit there and hammer out stuff. Um, Not that anyone would want to listen to such a bot, or I would have anything to say, but just imagine, but at that time that that happens, then those bots could uh, be created for anybody, and we'd probably have so much data. It's kind of like the picture thing, It's like back in the days, like, pictures were exciting and new, and then eventually it's like, oh, yawn, another picture, right? So, I don't know. Um, I think when something is new and exciting, then it's more interesting than uh, in the future. But for any purposes, for my purposes, we're going to create these recordings. We're going to create these archives. We're going to share them. And I hope that we can, together as a group, learn something. And I repeated that a couple times. Now, it is very possible that we create a group think, and that our minds will connect somehow. Maybe through these recordings. I don't know. I don't know the mechanics. I don't know how it's going to exactly work. Um... Alright, now we got the mic plugged in. We are ready to record a second segment. And uh, <clears throat> I was just practicing calming my mind, focusing and letting go. 
And I think it's important to be nimble. Not to push too hard on focusing on one thing, but to kind of guide the mind and let go of things. And this letting go, this relaxing, I think, is the calm, it's the release that lets you um, focus even better. So not just straining, but strain a little bit, push a little bit, and then let go a little bit. Also with attention to pay attention to something and then let it go. And to trust yourself and trust your mind somehow that it will do the right thing. Now there's a theory of attention that says the narrative of the mind tries to act like it's in control even when it's not. That it's always something that happens after the fact so that the decision happens and then it appears to the mind as the decision that we're actually going that we're actually happening you know after the fact that thing our mind is happening uh, after it actually happens or the registration of what happened the awareness is is, is slower so it's kind of like the decision has been made and then your brain comes up with some explanation of that decision and then you think, oh, I'm making this decision now, but really it already happened. So maybe this idea of control is a simulation or maybe the control happens in a way that's not exactly modeled or viewed by the awareness or maybe the measurements are all wrong I don't know okay so today we opened up the um, daikon radish kimchi and it turned out pretty damn good it was edible at least um, now you always have to make sure that your daikons don't turn into fiber if you let them go too long and they go to seed then the tuber becomes hard as a rock and you can't get it soft no matter what you can't cook it soft it basically turns into wood so you don't want to do that um, but if you get them on time they're quite tasty we made it with fish sauce and vinegar and uh, salt water. And they've been in there for months. And uh, if you ever have a lot of space and you don't know what to grow, grow daikons or oilseed radishes. They are super cheap. Um, you can get huge bags of them for next to nothing. They grow humongous. Um, and you're not going to starve to death. We also made soups with the greens, um, it turned out quite nice.
It wasn't too spicy. So I'm thinking more about calming down. And I realize that after work, I find it hard to switch. And then I'm still in work mode. Thinking about work a lot. <sighs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, look at that. This guy's got a yellow light. Looks like he's a police officer of some kind. Thinking about work a lot. And, um, it's hard to come down from it. And I tried things like abstraction. Like thinking, well, what can I actually learn from this? You know, how much of this is applied and how much of it is just, you know, reusable. After a while, I got my mind to calm down a little bit, and I was thinking about the road and thinking about different things. You know, this podcast has been great for me personally. To learn all these different things and to think about them and talk about them with you, my ideal listener. And I always like to think that my ideal listener listens to all my podcasts, listens to the things I say, and kind of, I'm kind of building up a um, an idea of what someone could be if they listened to all this and understood it. Uh, maybe even better than I did and did some studies on their own. And um, I guess we're going to have to recap some stuff. And we're going to have to revisit them. And that's where we're going to get into season three, where we're going to kind of uh, edit or revisit some good episodes. And... Um, look at what was popular, what was interesting, and try and learn from that. It's just finding the time for it. And there's so many new things to look at. So many new things to look at. So much happening all the time. It's hard to keep up with it all. 
that's why people like listen to these news shows and um, news summaries and we do summaries of summaries and summaries of summaries of summaries and I guess um, some people are able to make models of everything and keep it all in their head I myself am a chronic modeler. I've been working on models of the world for a long time. In my little notepads, trying to fit everything somehow into it. And we've really made some progress as well with different levels of understanding <clears throat> different complexities of models, really, that haven't been there before. In the last couple of weeks, we've really introduced, you know, the theory of sensation, aesthetics, aesthetica, and, um, you know, how are things received, reception, um, impressions, so that whole feeling aspect we've tied that in and also we before that we tied in um, different models of uh, computation we've talked about the equivalence theory of computation how um, generic programming concepts can be modeled together, can be put together uh, or that there's, there's different ways to represent the same Turing completeness, so to say. And even um, in yesterday's podcast, I really like the idea of the state model as being um, an art concept basically or a uh, political concept versus functional I think we had some good discussion there talked about um,
some other important things. Uh, the concept of uh, genetics as being a model of reality, a feedback model of the world, a storage system for carrying information forward. We talked about the inside-out model. I think that's very key. The inside-out model of the mind, the survival mechanism and the control mechanism for uh, the mind exploring its world, the world around it. this guy doing? And um, we've talked about uh, the idea of time being a series of updates in parallel systems from Wolfram. The um, fact that an update doesn't have to happen at the same time, kind of like the distributed data problem or uh, the eventual consistency idea. eventual consistency. We've also gone on and on and on and on and on about the idea of introspection. And I thank you for listening to that, or not, but I had to get that out of my system because it's 20 years of going in circles. And I realized that I had to up the ante and I think with the idea of the blender that I've actually escaped the idea of the compiler. So quite happy with that.
and we've got a plan forward. And, uh, oh, I could go on about that. But even the rendering of source code could be considered a three-dimensional uh, object. And we can consider paging and paging through, you know, syntax-highlighted source code, right? But also debugging it. And we're going to go into that into some detail. But I'm not going to kill you with that today. But we've made some good progress on that. We've also talked about podcasting. We've talked about different streams and different renderings, different ways of communicating. We've talked about some theories of souls and magic and interconnection. Maybe we've proposed an idea of the unassailability or the specialness of humanity, or maybe that is just some type of false arrogance. We've talked uh, about if God plays dice and what math is the language of God. We've, we've listened to Vlad. We've deconstructed that. We've talked about security and some in, introduced some fundamental ideas of security. The attacker, the unknown. We've introduced some ideas of the theory of computation. Choosing the appropriate representations and uh, limiting the power of language. Now I've presented some of my ideas, which aren't that formal, on the uh, on the idea of giving meaning through tests, constructing of test coverage, modeling, again. We've also presented some um, political things. But I'm not really too interested in that. I'm more interested in the universal truths at this point. Than the... Um, actual day-to-day -day problems. Yeah, we've covered different forms of philosophy. Theories of philosophy, philosophy of art.
and um, okay. Okay, that was a long call, and I completely forgot what we were talking about on this podcast here. We're kind of giving a review of the different things we learned. Now, we did go over some um, different things like power structures. Oh yeah, we learned about um, like postmodernism and some Marxism. We did a whole bunch of stuff on that. We, uh, I mean, this whole podcast started, the first episode was this lady who was talking about overthrowing the government. And we started kind of documenting, like, the left uh, being left alone and how they talk to each other when they think no one's listening. And um, we try to understand better how people feel and we tie this into you know the theory of um, of memes competing ideas who are vying for domination of the mind and different revolutionary thought patterns trying to overthrow systems we try and tie that all together and um we also had came up with our own conspiracy theories. The idea of the fungus. Um, feed the fungus. As the basic idea that an interplanetary fungus is um, spawning life on this planet. And we had a couple of episodes on that idea. And, uh, you know, different ideas on the meaning of life. And we talked about how we can't really get the certainty that we want if things aren't as simple as they appear, as we want them to be. And that kind of ties into the whole mismatch of complexity. So we've got different levels of complexity, and if you estimate the complexity wrongly, then you're opening yourself up for exploitation. So we've got to assess the level of complexity properly. Hmm. So We got some different ideas going on here. We also talked about podcasting in general and different technologies. We talked about open source and the whole world of that. And we tried to also develop a, a theory of openness. And um, try to define different levels of being open and how that can add in information 
through things to give a better understanding. We try to define like opened and closed worlds, logical structures for understanding things. Yeah. We have another hour to go. We're in the uh, mountains, the endless mountains of uh, Pennsylvania, where there's no cell phone coverage of T-Mobile. We just like fell right into the hole. This is going up and down the hill. also talked about walking and eating and life functions. We talked about Buddhism and uh, some theories of life. And how beautiful life is. And recently I listened to the Nina Simone song. And she lists all these things that she doesn't have. And she's like, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no home. And how she says she ain't got no family. And no love. And she says, make this huge list of all the things she doesn't have. And then she says, but... I'm alive. And she says, I have my hands and my feet and my eyes and my nose. She lists all the body parts and she says she has her freedom. She has her freedom, and she has her life, and that's a really uh, an amazing song. It makes you think. And that's the basic survival function: is the brain that has these actuators that can do things with, and it has its freedom, and it can express itself. It can uh, move, it can act to actually uh, explore. And through its action, it creates reactions. And it tries to predict its environment. So that's kind of like the brain is learning through action that's the inside out model but I really I really uh, started to like that that has resonated with me
Yeah. Just thinking about work again. Oh, we also talked about Ansible. We talked about some DevOps. DevOpsy stuff. I proposed different business ideas. And, uh... I think, um... The next step in all of this modeling, all this business stuff, is going to be a uh, a basic database of products and producers and consumers, and like starting to model the uh, to model the uh, the resources. And I'm not against uh, using some form of uh, cryptocurrency type, type situation. need to evaluate what's out there, what type of blockchains are also out there. But I also believe we can establish some types of trust. I guess I really need to start thinking about unification. Like, you want something to be as simple as Django, right? For modeling, or CakeML. I mean, what was the first one? It was Ruby on Rails. Like, Ruby on Rails was like the first killer app, right? It's like model, view, controller. I mean, you could create these simple models and then do everything from that. Well, the problem is, is that my models are more complicated. These guys won't stop calling me. My models are more complicated. So, I really want a more powerful modeling language than just simple Ruby or simple relationships. And uh, UML is one thing. And, um, 
I'm, I'm thinking I have to come up with my own notation. And uh, basically, come up with a with a, a small language, small syntax that, that can bootstrap itself and other things. That's kind of how I'm thinking. bootstrap system. Yeah, lots of thinking going on here. And um, also important is that this system will include a method for referencing external systems and um, capturing their models. Like, we just want to say import git, right? And then we want to import the entire git model, or at least whatever is it that we've determined is the git model in our notation. So we're going to import a handle to git. It's going to say import uh, Django. Right? And then we want to be able to express our model in Django. So we're going to say, like, write this model out to Django. Or read this model in from, this, from Django. Or read in from Django, import this application this application model. So read in a model that's expressed in Django. And we're definitely going to want to uh, reference Git projects, GitHub projects, be able to check them out be able to read the source code and do all that type of crazy stuff, right? So the first level is going to be kind of like a top level of resources. And then we're going to want to, you know, using Git, check out these resources or using a file system a local file system, check out these resources, and this whole system could be held in Git itself. And then it's going to be different layers to it. 
we're going to have like this kind of resource or package or project uh, or URL layer, kind of the link data layer. Right, right now we're on the link data layer. And then inside of that layer, oh, there's Walmart. You know, I might want to stop at Walmart if they're open. Because it's 53 minutes, it's an hour away. And well, there's, an, there's another one closer. So, we've got our link data layer. And then we're going to have different models. have different models that we're going to be able to extract or read in. And this is kind of where we get into, you know, defining existing models and, um, <clears throat> lane or something. Oh, that's the right lane. Defining existing models, meta-models, meta-meta-models, uh, model translation, right? Like, if you have all these different systems, how do you connect them together? Okay, let's see who this is. All right. Well, let's get back to our discussion here. So we're kind of like weaving together all these ideas into the narrative. We're kind of like touching on them, like giving them names and, 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 and addressing them, kind of going over our, our, our podcast. They're kind of indexing the podcast. And uh, yeah, indexing is one process of this whole thing. And... Um, each of these episodes will contain a whole bunch of labels, words that can be dereferenced to some kind of um, some kind of uh, database of some kind, and uh, just like that, each of these different programs mentioned and different packages mentioned will also have source code. in some languages. So the languages themselves will have a, a some kind of model to them. And in that model will be expressed some kind of user-defined model. And in that user-defined model will be expressed some other kind of model. So we'll have different layers, multiple layers of models, you know, that hold each other that will contain more and more content. And at the top level, here in our narrative level, we're going to have some kind of interdisciplinary model. I kind of like to think of that as the introspector model, the mental model. I don't know. 
and we're gonna just tie everything together somehow and we're gonna try and come up with some commonalities some connection points in the kernel like we talked about that kind of some touch points where these things all meet and they meet in interesting ways in different ways they interact with each other in different ways and uh, we haven't even gotten into graph databases yet you know linked data linked models we have we've touched upon OWL we haven't really gotten into the whole semantic web um, issues we also talked about machine learning um, So yeah, definitely uh, we definitely uh, have some interesting things going on. And uh, I think what's going to kind of tie it all together is some kind of mandala, like some 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 yin yang, some Kabbalah, some tree of life, some mandala, like some kind of fractal, some kind of universal something or another. That'd be great as an artwork to piece everything together to put it all on the big map. How it all kind of fits together. that's kind of missing and uh, you know in UML uh, I think that's also really missing is like the interactive diagram so sure we have all these UML programs we have all these multi multiple models but what I'd like to see is the uh, the ability to create like a freeform diagram, like the high-level one, like to pull it all together. So yeah, like the top top-level diagram, like a beautiful diagram with art, artsy type stuff. That people just look at it and say, oh, wow, that's great. Wow, yeah. You know? And they can click into it and go to anywhere on the map. That's kind of what's uh, missing in UML, kind of, and these UML tools. Um, So I think we're going to, uh, I really think we're going to have to come up with our own uh, notation, something that kind of connects functional and uh, object-oriented together, and uh, mathematical, 
Okay. And then we said the unified model, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the unified model yet. But if it could be graphical, if it could be accessible even for blind people. I mean, if we can imagine it on this podcast, then we can kind of describe it as well to someone who can't see. And they could envision it or experience that in the mind's eye. Because every person, even if they're blind, has that that mind's eye. Yeah, we haven't even talked about accessibility, which is a big topic for me. I thought about a lot about accessibility, and accessibility is kind of tying into the whole idea of meaning as well, not just visual. I mean, visual is fast, listening is slow, touch is even slower, I mean, but some people, they crawl through. So just imagine how important it would be to have something concise for a, uh, and beautiful for even a blind person, let's say, to have the information put together for them that doesn't waste their time. Okay, I'm going to take this call. Okay, we're back. Yeah, so I think that even it's even more important to be concise and understandable for someone who's blind. And... Um, And we can consider people on mobile phones to be basically impaired because they don't have the full capabilities. And uh, we should think more about that and how we can make things accessible and usable with less input. And I think we can come up with some basic, basic voice commands that are machine learnable but now don't use humongous amounts of CPU to train and that are open and there's this project called Mycroft and I need to look at that again that's the open source uh, assistant and maybe we can get Mycroft in on the introspector and uh, have him as an assistant to help help out and uh, to uh, to come along for the um, to live on the phone. Like, can we get Mycroft to run on the phone? Like, and I don't want to use the Google Assistant. I want to have something that, I mean, okay, yes, sure, we want to use whatever we have to use to do whatever we have to do. But like, the end goal should be the open system that we can learn from. And, um, you know, things are constructed in such a way, and this kind of gets into Stallman and all that. He talks about how people are pitted against each other and they're not allowed to share with their friends and all that. And you have to think that it may be easy for you to pay for this and that and the other thing. Um, But it's not easy for the person who's only earning 50 cents a day. 
So these people are excluded, you know. And if you can afford some subscription, that doesn't that means that they can, right? And you know, can we also be inclusive digitally? Can we care about other people? Can we produce something? I mean, and think about kids and young people who can't afford and they get sucked into these games because they give them they're aesthetically pleasing and maybe we need to just maybe produce something that's aesthetically pleasing that has a positive value and not just a negative one maybe we can actually do good for the world right Is that possible? Okay, and on that note, I'm going to leave you to think about all that stuff we talked about and uh, kind of gave an overview. And this is just the first of an overview. We're going to actually go through and um, we're going to pull this all together, I think. It's going to be interesting starting to develop like a higher level understanding and I guess that the index or the mandala, the overview and I might call this uh, episode the mandala you know, if we could just come up with some like picture that has all these different parts in it that has all the episodes on it somewhere on some graph, some map and you kind of like you click on it and jump to that, that would be pretty cool to like, to give like a some kind of visual representation to this whole podcast and show the different pieces and how they fit together that'd be pretty awesome and in the end that is an imprint It's it's a certain level of consciousness and then we create an imprint to that and those imprints serve as guideposts or maps points on the map where we can come back to them. And I guess the imprint is really like the, the runestone or the jump point. It's the encoding. It's like the entry or the exit. Maybe it's the connection between two areas or the index entry. Because we can't have too many index entries. We can't just index everything. And if we think about it on that level, every time you say a word, it could resonate with all the other times you said that word in the podcast and like, or all the other utterances in in language and they can connect with each other over time. Yep. Now, anyway, these are some just stuff to think about and we are going to... uh, Say adieu, auf Wiedersehen, tschüss, gute Nacht, vier Tage, see you later.